When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, welcome to Emblem Podcast or welcome back. My name is Abby Aslan and I'm the host of this podcast and this week we're going to be talking about relationship tips I like wish I would have known sooner or relationship tips I wish I could tell my younger self, that kind of vibe or honestly just in general like relationship tips. Um, And when I say that like I'm saying a lot of these things and I think a lot of people, like, when they hear this, they're going to be like, oh, this is, like, stuff you learned, like, in your current relationship, and I just, like, want to preface this by saying, like, I have learned so much in my span of just, like, dating, I guess you could say, Um, even though I've, like, really just been in two, I guess, longer-term relationships, there's been more than two that were serious, but only, like, two that were, like, long-term with time, I have just learned so, so much. Um, and a lot of this stuff has to do with me as an individual because I realized that a lot of the problems I experienced like early on in my relationship now and in past relationships and stuff did have to do with me. Like, yes, some things are related to the other person, but ultimately it's like my reaction and how I respond to things and how I'm like carry forward with things that in and of itself was very messed up on my end and um I don't know I just have some tips of like things I learned and I think that this can be just as helpful if you're single and it's also still very helpful if you're in a relationship and I think that I'm just like at an age where my brain is just growing so much and it's growing in like a lot of ways but I feel like from 22 to like now and maybe even like the next few years the self-awareness that I have developed especially between like 23 and like where I'm at now at 24 like being kind of freshly 24 I've developed so much self-awareness and it's helped me learn so much about myself and like my attachment style and relationships and things of that nature so I just want to share what I've learned with you all because like looking back like there are just so many things that I could have made easier for myself if I just would have known these things but at the same time like it's a learning experience and some of these things aren't because of things that necessarily happened to me but maybe I like read about it or something of that sort but I just really wanted to like share this stuff because people like ask me to talk about like my relationship a lot which I get because you know it's like part of my life And I've done, like, some relationship Q&As, like, with my boyfriend and everything. But I think it's so funny to, like, go back and, like, listen to those and, like, watch old videos and stuff. Because, like, I don't even feel like I'm looking at myself in them. Because it feels like an entirely different person. And I can specifically say, like, from experience, this episode, I feel like in such a good place to do it. Because I feel like I have experienced, like, so much growth as an individual within a relationship. And my relationship itself has experienced so much growth in the past we've been there like almost five years so truly have experienced so much growth and 
that's on a personal and like relationship level so that's why I feel really good and like comfortable doing this episode today I'd say like if you asked me to do this like a year or two ago I'd be like I just don't feel I don't want to say I wouldn't feel qualified but I wouldn't feel like the advice would be is like true to like what I've learned I guess and it would have been more so like stuff that I just kind of had to think of whereas this stuff is like true really good tips that have I don't know that I just like learned after the fact and would have been helpful to know beforehand so hopefully y'all enjoy this episode but before we get into it let's get into the quote goal and gratitude for this week so my quote for this week is from Pinterest and it says I think it's from so that's from their Crimson Kiss, which I don't know if that's like a blog or what it is. But anyways, just a little Pinterest quote. Um, it says, one of the many important things I've that I've learned along the way is that often the best advice we can ever seek out is from within. Our intuition really does know best. We always feel whether or not what we are doing is right or wrong for us and whether or not we are involved with the right or wrong people. We ask others what we should do when it comes to matters of the heart when really we already know it's our heart. The problem is that we are constantly and forever ignoring ourselves while we search for answers everywhere else, and then we have the nerve to ask others to trust us when really, how dare we? How dare we ask others to trust us when we spend so much time not trusting ourselves? I could do a whole episode on like just trusting yourself and everything, but I'm just like not really at that point yet, um, and I've definitely like talked about it in other episodes, and it's something that I very deeply struggle with. Like I just do not trust my... I trust my intuition, but I don't trust myself when it comes to just, like, honoring doing, like, things that I want to do and, like, making decisions for myself. Um, Making decisions is the biggest thing because I feel like I've always leaned on others and, like, taken others' opinions way too heavily into consideration my entire life. And as a result now, I am paralyzed by indecision all the time and I don't trust myself to make any decisions because I'm always telling myself that, any big decision I make, the worst case scenario is going to occur and I'm going to have ruined my own life when that's just like a really horrible way to think and I'm working on undoing all of that now. But I just really like this quote because it truly is so important to just, you know, listen to yourself because like, like the quote says so many times, like you feel it within you, you know, like your answer is within you, but you are just looking for it to be validated by someone else because you're valuing someone else's opinion over your own. And um, I think that so many of us, especially in our 20s, especially like early 20s, when you're making really big life decisions, you get in a position where you are sort of just consistently ignoring yourself and you don't realize it until you've made so many life decisions that don't align with like you and who you are and then one day you're gonna wake up and be like literally who am I and why have I made these decisions who was I making them for and you'll realize how many times you've blatantly ignored yourself when you like knew all along deep down that like if you just would have listened to yourself things would have you know been fine and you wouldn't be going through this crisis but you know what it's part of life it's part of uh being confused and in your 20s and I just really liked how the perspective it gave with like why do we ask others you know to trust us if we can't even trust ourselves um so I just thought it was an interesting and cool perspective on that and it's something I'm like really working on so and it's funny that I'm like that this is the quote for this week because I'm doing like a relationship advice episode but then like the first line of this is 
often the best advice we can ever seek out is from within, but which is true, but it's also good, I think, to listen to other people and just like hear um, what they've learned in their experience because one, it like gives you something to relate to so you can feel less alone if you've experienced the same thing. Two, it's the best feeling ever when you're listening to something or watching something or reading something and your feelings are validated by somebody else or when somebody articulates a thought you've had that you have not been able to put into words and you're just like, oh my gosh, yes, that is exactly what I experienced. It's the best feeling ever because you realize you're not alone. And I love when I consume content and I get like that little spark of, oh my gosh, I relate and that's exactly how I've been feeling or that's exactly what I went through. And like that relatability is just so important in helping us feel less alone um, with things like this. So hopefully this episode will, you know, maybe be that for some of you all but my goal for this week um so i'm currently recording this on thursday and it's going up monday i took today and tomorrow off um and then i have the whole week of fourth of july off so i've been trying to just like get a lot of stuff done because i'm going to be traveling at the end of july for a wedding and for my friend's birthday um so i'm trying to like be get ahead and stay ahead so that i don't have to like be putting out bad like poorly produced or like poorly done content for YouTube and my podcast those weeks. So I like want to be ahead so that, you know, those things are already taken care of before I go out of town, that kind of thing. And I have a friend coming to visit me from college next week. So I'm just trying to record everything a little bit early. Um, but with that being said, I want to really prioritize finding like true rest this week. I have felt so burnt out the last couple of weeks. and I know I've mentioned it on YouTube and here in the podcast And even though I'm taking today and tomorrow off, like I am like still trying to get a lot of stuff done for YouTube. Like I have some brand deal stuff that I've taken care of and which I'm like so grateful for. And I'm excited to get to do this and like actually take time out of the day to do it and it not be like consuming my weekend like normal. Um, So like I'm really excited to have time to do it and not feel rushed to do it and like really be able to put thought into it, which I normally try to do anyways. But usually it's like hard when I'm you know, having to get all of my content, like sponsored stuff done, like over the weekend, especially if it's stuff that does need a little bit more creative um, thought and production. It's just so hard sometimes when, you know, that takes up like a whole day of my weekend, basically. So I'm like really grateful that I have like some time to get that done. But with that being said, I really, really need to prioritize some true rest, like literally doing nothing, which not necessarily doing nothing as in like sitting on the couch doing nothing, but I just need to rest in the way that I recharge because I feel like I haven't been able to really do that lately. And as a result, it's just been really wearing me out mentally. And I just feel like I'm haven't been like my best mentally, like at work, I haven't been able to be like fully present and like there. And also just like in my personal life, I've just felt really down about a lot of stuff And I know that like getting some proper rest and recharging the way I like to recharge should help with that. So I've like, I went and got my nails done today and like I was planning out this episode at the nail salon because I was like, oh, like I'm going to like multitask and like be productive like while I was getting my toes done. But then like when I got to the point where I was kind of like wrapping up like my notes, I was like, I was going to keep doing stuff on my phone and like making like lists of things I need to do. And then I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to like set my phone down literally just sit here and enjoy this and be present because like if I keep doing this and I even 
doing things that are like supposed to be restful if i'm sitting there multitasking like doing something productive i'm never allowing myself to truly rest because my mind is always doing something and i guess that's what kind of like what my goal is is to do more things that like actually rest my mind because i feel like i've just had to use my head so much and like my brain and i've just been like overstimulated almost and as a result my brain just feels exhausted so just do more things like i want to go on a lot of walks on this break and i want to um just like take time to do things that i wouldn't typically do on a week of work like i really want this to be like the most anti-work week ever like i'm fine with doing youtube stuff and everything but if i want to go to a yoga class at like 10 in the morning i'm going to go to a yoga class at 10 in the morning or if i want to go to a pilates class or if i want to um make an extravagant lunch because I never take the time to do that just like little things like that and just really doing things that I don't normally get the chance to do but also just prioritizing rest and I also booked a massage for myself um for Sunday so I'm really looking forward to that because that's like one of the only times I can get myself to like not be on my phone not be multitasking and even though it's really hard for me to get to get myself to turn my brain off doing things like that um I think it'll be nice that I will have had a few days off of work prior to going into it so hopefully I can just go into it and like really completely mentally unplug I just need to like find more things that help me mentally unplug because I'm realizing that I'm like usually constantly stimulating my brain because it's like I'll work all day and then after work like I usually sometimes I'll have YouTube stuff to do like probably like two or three nights out of the work week um and then I always read before bed, even if it's just like a few pages or a chapter. And I started thinking about it and I was like, my mind is literally never off. Like when I read, it kind of is, but at the same time, it's not. And sometimes I'll literally be reading and like I realize that I've read an entire page and the entire time I was thinking about like work or something. But anyways, that is the goal for this week. But my gratitude is really random and specific, but I just thought of it when I was at the nail salon. Um, the person next to me getting her nails done, she was talking to the lady doing her nails and, um, they were just like having small talk, like, Oh, where are you from? Like, what area do you live in in Houston and everything like that? And the girl doing the nails was talking about how she, um, had two sons and she really wants to go visit Vietnam where she's from. And she was like talking about how expensive it is to like get her and her two sons there because her sons are older and she was like yeah I'm gonna wait till they're you know like a few years older and then I'll be able to just go by myself and it won't you know cost as much money um because she was just saying that like the plane tickets were like ten thousand dollars and I was like oh my gosh and I I just like in that moment I just like expressed gratitude for like being close to home because I know sometimes I've like complain not necessarily complain but I'm just like oh I wish home was a little bit closer and it wasn't like a 10 hour drive away but it's literally a two hour plane ride and it will hopefully never cost me that much to go home so I'm just really grateful that even though it is far I'm grateful that I can get there in a reasonable amount of time because that just would really stink if it was like that expensive to like go back to the place that I call home and I just you know, really felt for her. And I was like, wow, I'm, you know, I should really like not take it for granted that I can hop on the plane and be home in two hours in a nonstop plane ride. Even though it is a long drive, it's definitely a short flight. So I just really wanted to express gratitude for that. And I'm especially trying to express more gratitude about it now because it's something that I find myself missing a lot during the summer. I'm like, oh, I wish I could go home. And 
you know, I wish it wasn't so far away, but now I'm like, okay, yeah, I wish it wasn't as far away as it is, but I'm very thankful that it's not farther and that I'm able to get there, like, relatively easily. So that's my gratitude for this week. Let's go ahead and get into the tips and everything. So first and foremost, starting off, and I, like I said, this is all just stuff that I've learned cumulatively over the years, and even things like looking back, like it's like each person that I've like had some sort of emotional connection to um, on a relationship type of level has taught me something. You know what I mean? Like they're, each person has taught me something, even if I only was kind of a thing with them or a situationship, if you will, with them for like two weeks or three weeks or something like that in high school. Like everybody has pretty much taught me something for the most part. And I can't necessarily like identify who taught me what, but it's like I've learned something with each, you know, time I've had some sort of relational style connection with someone. So the very first thing is that avoiding conflict creates more problems than it solves. And I know what a lot of you are probably thinking. You're like, uh, yeah, Abby, you're kidding. Like, absolutely not. No way. Um, it, it, it's true. I have struggled with this so much and it's something I still struggle with in my relationship. But thankfully, I'm with somebody who is a lot more confrontational than I am. I avoid conflict like it's my job. I am not confrontational at all. I want like everyone to be pleased and happy at all times. And the people pleaser in me does not like to address problems even when there are problems. And as a result, like that just literally causes things to build up and build up and build up. And it turns into resentment. And it's just not a good cycle to be in. Um, And like I said, thankfully now I'm in a relationship with someone who, you know, my boyfriend now, he is very much so the type of person to be like, we are addressing like this art, like we're going to have this conversation and we are like putting this argument to an end. I am literally the type of person that like will want to just walk away in the middle of an argument because I'm just like, I can't do this because arguing just makes me shut down. And it's something that I'm working through and... I'm thankful that my partner's like not like how I am because that would be terrible because we both would have so much built up anger and resentment towards one another. And this is how like I literally lived my life for the longest time is when someone would make me upset or angry or if my feelings were hurt, I like wouldn't say anything and I would just let it build up to the point to where I would just like explode and then I would literally start resenting that person because I never communicated something to them so it's like they didn't know so at the same time it's like okay I I just for the sake of avoiding conflict it ends up just turning into so many more problems than the one initial problem you had so it's so much better to just deal with whatever problem you have that's in front of you and do your very best to view things as like you you two as a couple versus the problem rather than me versus you and that's something that we have to work on a lot of the time and we we have to like literally say that out loud like we're we both of us my boyfriend and I to each other we're like it's us versus the problem not me versus you like it's just part of like I think emotional maturity and like growing up and you start to learn that you know okay like not everything has to be like well I did this because you did this or you know, that kind of thing. And it's a lot more of like, how can we work together to better this problem that we have in front of us to where we can like mitigate it from happening again. 
And that's kind of like the way things, you know, you want to start viewing them. And um, I just really think that if you're somebody who is not confrontational like myself, I just think it's really important to start practicing, you know, when you have something on your mind, acknowledge it exists and, you know, accept that you feel that way. And then, you know, find a time to talk to that person about it. And instead of, you know, just telling yourself instantly like, oh, I need to bury this and like not deal with it. Just try to deal with it as soon as you can, because the longer you push it off, like the more likely you're never going to bring it up. And then it's just going to end up building up inside you and causing resentment, like I said. And that's just not something you want to do because it just creates a lot more problems in the long run, because then you start getting frustrated that, you know, your partner doesn't recognize that you have these feelings, but how are they supposed to if you haven't communicated them? And it all boils down to communication, honestly, at the end of the day. So that's super important. The next thing is to not date potential. And this is one I wish I could just like scream at my younger self um, because little me, like when, you know, I was first, you know, dating and first getting into like more serious relationships, I was notorious for dating people for their potential. Uh, which, you know, it's great. It's a great thing, I think, to see people's potential. And that's something that I'm so passionate about is seeing the potential that like people in my life have and like doing anything and everything I can to help them achieve that potential if that's what they want to do. Um, it's just something that brings me a lot of joy because I love seeing like the happiness and the confidence that comes from others stepping into their full potential. However, The downside of this is if you don't realize this about yourself, which this is something I didn't realize about myself until probably like a few years ago, I, it it can be so bad because you can look at a person for, instead of looking at them for who they're showing you they are and for like who they're coming to you as, you're looking at them as, as who they could be. And that's an issue because you're clinging on to something that isn't guaranteed. You know, you're telling yourself, oh, like, I really like this person. I want to date this person because I think that, like, they have great potential and they they can get to this place of being the right person for me. And they can eventually get to this place. That doesn't mean they will. You cannot force someone to do something they don't want to do and you also can't force them to be someone they don't want to be and I think another issue with this is that it doesn't allow for true organic growth in a relationship and when I say in a relationship I mean as the individual like you're not allowing your significant other to organically grow and you're also not allowing you guys as a couple to organically grow because when you're dating someone for their potential you have this fixed mindset almost which I know sounds counterintuitive because when you think of someone's potential, you think of growth and you think of how they're going to grow. Yes, but in your mind, you've already created, by thinking of them at their full potential, you have created a image or a just idea of who this person can be. And you are so dead set on that exact idea of who they could be that when they start, you know, actually growing and doing their own personal development whether that's in or out of the relationship you're gonna see them and you're not going to be happy unless it fits the idea that you created in your head so that's why it's problematic it's problematic for a lot of reasons but that 
is a reason that a lot of people don't realize why it's so problematic. Like, yes, it's a problem because it disservices you because you're constantly clinging on to something that isn't guaranteed, like I said, and it could end up being, you know, 10 years later and you're still saying like, oh, I think they have like this great potential, but they may not be doing, they they may not care to even do that. And like what you see is their potential may not align with who they want to be. And it's not up to you to decide who who they want to be and how they grow into who they want to be. And the issue is, is, you know, when you date potential, you just aren't really seeing people for who they are. And it can get to a point, I think, where the other person feels very misunderstood and doesn't feel seen for who they are because you're so focused on who they could be. And that's just not like a great way to feel in a relationship because you want to be accepted fully for you know, who you are as a person and you want to be able to be loved fully as yourself and not as this idea of someone else. And it's not fair to the other person and it's not fair to yourself. So all around, it's just not a good thing to do. And I was so bad about this because I would, you know, just just talk to somebody and in my head, I, I would think of the future of me. I would think of the future of them and I would just create this vision in my head of who they could be and you know instead of accepting who they were showing me they were like if they were just showing me they were a disloyal or a dishonest person I would usually just be like or if they I guess a better example of this would be like somebody who showed me by their actions that you know like I was not really worth their time and I was sort of just somebody that they put on the back burner to use when they didn't have anybody else whether that's in a friendship or relationship um in that example I would you know in my head instead of me accepting what they were showing me who they were which is somebody who is literally using me as you know a last resort option I wouldn't see that I would see I would be like okay like yeah they did that but I think that they have a lot of potential and they could be like a really great like boyfriend future husband whatever and I would always talk myself out of what the person was showing me and I'm going to get to that point later but that's just not how you should do things and it's just not fair to everyone all around like I said and there's just much better ways to go about doing things and you're never really going to have like a true connection with somebody if you're constantly clinging to who they could be and it's going to be an exhausting process if you try to like hold on to that for forever because like I said it doesn't allow for true organic growth and it's just not a good way to go about doing things because a lot of times that it ends up in you settling and it disservices the other person because they end up being with somebody who isn't really accepting them for you know who they are right then and there um And I say it ends up in settling because typically I feel like it means when you're dating for potential and like looking at potential when you're dating, I feel like when you are starting talks to somebody and you're constantly seeing their potential, you're just trying to convince yourself that you're not settling. You know what I mean? And it's kind of just like, oh, I'm not settling because this person could potentially be this way for me or they'll, I think they'll eventually like understand me and eventually you know be the ideal partner and you're literally trying to convince yourself that you're not settling because it's a hard pill to swallow if you do realize you're settling and I think that a lot of times we have this issue in like our late teens and early 20s when we start having like those 
slightly more serious relationships and you know maybe that's not the time frame you have yours but really any whatever how whatever age you are when you're having your first serious relationships I think that this is when this kind of happens a lot because you just get to a point where you're eager to just like get that relationship experience and you know you do have feelings for somebody and that's a great and beautiful thing but if you know deep down that you know you're just settling for what's in front of you instead of like organically letting things happen and like just actually pursuing people based on you know your interests or whatever it may be it really is just a way of you convincing yourself that you're not settling so that's that tip and that is one that I struggled with a lot when I was like first getting into like serious more serious dating okay next one um another one I wish that I could just like tell my younger self because oh my gosh I struggled with this so so badly in high school just because someone's giving you attention does not mean you have to accept it and run with it I if somebody gave me the time of day and attention when I was in high school in my head I was like oh we have to talk and be like a thing I was so bad at just like ignoring people or you know, just being like, I'm not interested. Like, I literally just felt like I owed everybody the time of day. And even if I didn't have any, like, common interest with the person or even if I wasn't really even, like, attracted to them, I just was really bad about just being like, no, I'm not interested. And as a result, I had, like, so many of these little situationships in high school. And it's funny because I feel like I talked to, like, a lot of different people But it's like it would only last two weeks and it would be nothing more than like texting and maybe hanging out once, if that. And the reason why like nothing ever I feel like really lasted like that was because I just had this people pleasing issue, but it was also a self-esteem problem. I had I've talked about before how in high school I had extremely low self-confidence and self-esteem and that resulted in me like getting a lot of my self-esteem and my confidence from others. So I would you know, really rely on the attention I received from others, whether that would be in friendships or in relationships, that was what would make me feel valued and worthy because that's just what I tied my worth to in addition to the grades I got and performing well in school and things like that. But it was really bad because it ended up being like, oh, okay, like I can't say no to anybody because if they want to like go on a date or if they just want to like talk or like if they were like a lot of times it would just start off with somebody like texting me and then I would like just carry on the conversation and then they would like escalate things to like be like talking and then the second they would want to like actually hang out I would just like ghost and I was like no I can't do this um and it's just because I felt like I had to give them the time of day and it's like I felt like I ended up in so many silly little situationships that didn't even need to happen just because I felt like I had to and just because I felt like that was how in the time I didn't know that that's how I was you know like obtaining all of my self-esteem and my confidence but at the time it really was like how I got a lot of that and it was probably so annoying to watch from like an outsider's perspective because I'm sure it was like very obvious that I had like a self-esteem issue but I also just hated to be like somebody who it's funny because I had no problem like just kind of ghosting the person and like eventually not talking to them but I felt like I owed them like oh like I have to like try like being in a situationship with them or something 
And I have now learned, you know, just because someone's giving me attention doesn't mean that I have to like obviously pursue anything with them. I mean, that hasn't ever, hasn't been an issue in a long time because I've been in a relationship for a long time. But it's something that I've been able to look back on and reflect on now that I'm older. And I can see like my younger self and look down at her and just be like, oh my gosh, she really just lacked a lot of confidence. So she clung to whatever attention she received from other people. And it's just like, oh, like this, I have to be friends with this person or I have to be in a relationship with this person just because they were giving me the time of day. The next tip is to maintain your independence. And I know this isn't groundbreaking, but I think that this one is one that we all know, but sometimes I feel like not everybody probably goes to this, but I, I feel like a lot of people do. A lot of people, I think, will meet someone and kind of just go through a really intense honeymoon phase where they're just very, like, blind to, like, their what everything they're doing, like, their whole life. You know, you kind of unintentionally allow your whole life to, like, revolve around this new relationship because it's exciting and there's strong feelings and it's all a good thing. You know, like, it's great that you you have such strong feelings for somebody and that, you know, you're so invested in this relationship, but sometimes like it can, it happens and you had no intentions of it happening. This, I've noticed this happen in like my more serious relationships. This happened in the beginning of my relationships and not to the point of necessarily me, like my life only revolving around that person because I would still, you know, like hang out with my friends and like do stuff like that. It was more so of just like I neglected a lot of my own interests and hobbies for the sake of the other person. And that's just like not something you have to do. And I think that so much more growth can happen in a, as a couple in a relationship if you're both really independent and like really have your own interests and your own hobbies and your own pastimes and like your own friends and everything. And it makes your relationship so much stronger and better. And that's something that... I really appreciate you know like about my relationship now and like just in general about myself I value my time with myself so much and I am truly so independent at my core like I I literally try to handle every single problem on my own like I am very much the type of person who could spend all day with themselves every day and be perfectly fine And I know not everybody's like that. And I don't think my boyfriend's that way, like, at all. But I respect so much that he respects my need for, you know, my own alone time and everything like that. And to be able to have, you know, like, interests and hobbies. And it's so fun because, you know, when you can both, like, hang out with your own individual groups of friends or, like, do things and your own hobbies or interests and then come together and talk about them with each other, it's, like, the best thing ever. So it's so important to maintain that independence because of what it does for you as a person individually in a relationship and for how it allows you to grow in your relationship because it is truly a game changer, and I think that maintaining your independence really is nothing more than just, like, allowing yourself to be the person you were before you were in a relationship and to allow yourself to continue, you know, growing and exploring your interests while you're in a relationship you know you're not sacrificing all all the things you love to do just because you got in a relationship you're still doing those things and the other person is encouraging you to continue exploring them and finding more things and it's just so so important I don't have much to say about that I just think it's an important enough point to emphasize especially for those of us who tend to get sort of just like sucked in by you know love like right away and tend to abandon ourselves a little bit in the beginning process and then realize like oh wait what am I doing 
Um, the next thing is to learn your attachment style because it can help so much. So I took the like attachment style quiz. I took it on attachmentproject.com and I have a, cause it, it, it's weird. It gives you a score for your like parents, like your mom and your dad, and then a score for your partner. And I think this is so interesting to learn just because it, if you read about it, I mean, it really does teach you a lot about yourself. Um, but with like my partner, with my significant other, I have a secure attachment style. So it's kind of like divided into like an X, Y axis. And on the Y axis, you have avoidance. And on the X axis, you have anxiety. And then there's like four blocks and it's dismissing attachment, disorganized attachment, secure attachment, and preoccupied attachment. And my parents are both on the dismissing attachment block and um, my partner's in the secure attachment block. But both of them lean towards like lower anxiety and um, more avoidance with my parents than with like my significant other, which I guess kind of makes sense, I guess, when I think about it. But it's just really interesting to learn about yourself. And it's funny because I don't think I have... I think my my attachment style is completely different when I meet somebody and when I date them versus after I've been with them for a little bit. And I took this quiz like after I took this like within the last year and it was probably about a yearish ago, I don't know, maybe like 8 months ago. I don't really know. But anyways, I really really think it was just interesting to do just because if I would have taken this quiz like early in college, I think the results just would have been entirely different than what they are now. But now that I've been in a relationship, you know, for almost five years, I would, the secure attachment style makes sense. <laughs> but um, I think it's so good to learn because you learn, you truly do learn so much about yourself. But what I wanted to say about that is once you learn your attachment style, you start to learn why your behavior is the way it is. And a lot of, you know, the things you do in your relationship and, a lot of your thoughts and feelings, like if you have insecurities within your relationship, it can really just open your eyes to a lot of that stuff to read about a lot of those things. And you can also see how it correlates with, you know, your attachment style to your parents, if it is correlated at all to your partner, or maybe it's not. And I think that that in and of itself is really cool to figure out. And the next thing is to always believe someone's actions over their words and don't waste time trying to convince yourself otherwise. This has to do with the whole not dating potential thing. And I was really I just so bad about this. And it's really disrespect to yourself at the end of the day. Um, you know, you're not respect if if you do have boundaries set with yourself and with your significant other, it's disrespectful to your own boundaries. And at the end of the day, you're disrespecting yourself by, you know, constantly telling yourself, you know, like, oh, this person will, you know, they just because their actions show this doesn't mean that they they feel that way or they are this way or whatever. If you cling on to someone's words but completely ignore their actions, like that's just not a good sign. I know in the past, like there were times when um, someone would be like, oh, I'm sorry, won't do it again. And then would just do the same thing over and over again that they knew was just like wrong and was hurting my feelings. And at the end of the day, like, my the feelings I had about that ended up being right and true you know what I mean like especially when it comes to 
you know, just someone being disloyal and like stuff like that. Like I've dealt with that before in past relationships and it's just like not, it. it's something that you learn like after it's happened. Um, if you're the type of person to excuse it with somebody's apology, that's fine. But like you, you don't need to just like let yourself be walked all over to like, And that's the issue is, you know, if you cling so tightly to someone's words and, like, believe everything they say, like, you're really not seeing how they feel about you because they are showing you how they feel about you with their actions. And you are choosing to believe their words when their words are what is lying and their actions are what are telling the truth. And I don't, like, that's just how it is, in my opinion. Like, I can look back now and be like, I was just immature and, like, I didn't, you know... I didn't want to deal with the confrontation of, like, a breakup or, like, telling someone, like, oh, like, I'm not going to be with you anymore because you're showing me that you don't really care about my time or care about me or care about spending time with me. And I would literally just let them keep doing the same stuff over and over again that hurt me or hurt my feelings. And I'm not necessarily saying cheat, but, like, yeah, I've been through that before. But I'm saying, like, anytime somebody was just, like, doing something that they knew hurt you and they just kept showing you through their actions that they didn't care but you were telling yourself that they were sorry and you let them keep doing it like if you keep letting them do it they're gonna keep doing it at the end of the day and I just think that believing somebody's actions is the way to go over their words because actions are what reveal feelings and words are what you know people try to use to just excuse any of their actions that don't align with what you want out of the relationship I guess Um, and the next thing is to always put yourself in the other person's shoes. I think this one is so big and it's just like a really good way to make sure that you are always taking your partner's feelings into consideration. Cause a lot of times I see people just, you know, be so quick to jump the gun with certain things and just so quick to make decisions. And it's just like, you need to consider, how your partner would feel if you said what you were about to say to them or if you were about to do something like just always switch if you're ever feeling uneasy about like saying something or doing something just like flip the situation and if you would feel that way if you would feel hurt by them saying the same thing to you or doing the same thing to you then maybe you should reconsider how you're going to deliver those words or how you know what action you're going to do whatever it may be just always try to think of your partner and I think that that is just an action a way to act on you know having that selfless type of love and loving that person selflessly and that's one of the best things you can do in order to sort of act in that okay next thing is last but not least this one kind of goes with others but it's you shouldn't have to convince someone to be with you or overcompensate and go above and beyond in order for them to stay with you. And this just really ties to the whole learning about your attachment style thing because this is how I used to be. Like early on in serious relationships, that's what I did. I had such low self-esteem and such low security in relationships starting out because I I would start out with an insecure attachment style because I never really healed from trust issues I had in the past and I went into serious relationships never healing those trust issues and as a result I had a lot of like insecurity when I would start out in new relationships 
and it would result in me having an insecure attachment style. Well, what that insecure attachment style manifested as was me overcompensating in the beginning of the relationships as that anxious attachment style. And I thought I had to sort of completely abandon myself for the other person in terms of just going above and beyond with using my love language, not even the other person's, which has always pretty much been acts of service. So I wasn't even loving them in their love language, but I would just go above and beyond with the acts of service to show them love, thinking that if I did that, it would keep them around longer and make them love me more. And that, at the end of the day, I was like, if I do this, like that is what will make them stay. But I clung to that because I had such an insecure attachment style and I wasn't secure in the relationship. So I was telling myself by doing those things and like really going over the top with the acts of service, what that would keep them around and that would make them love me. But it's because I was so hurt in the past and I was scared of someone leaving me that I was like, okay, what what things can I do to like make sure this person doesn't leave me instead of just like going into relationship and, you know, being secure in it and like just trusting that, you know, someone will love me for who I am and not like what I'm going to be doing for them. But I was, you know, clinging to anything and everything I could in order to make myself feel secure because I did not feel secure. But it wasn't necessarily because of the person I was getting into the relationship with. It was because of stuff I never healed from my past, if that makes sense. So, and the thing is, is like the other person, like when I would get into, you know, new, more serious relationships and I would do this, the other person wasn't even asking for it. They didn't even expect it. I would just willingly do it because I was like, I am so scared of this person leaving, especially when I like realized I had strong feelings for them that I just need to do anything and everything to keep them around. And I think, like I said, I developed this attachment style just in the beginning of relationships. Um, I I would just take it really personally when I was younger, when I would talk to someone and they would just like leave or they would be disloyal, whatever it was. And I would take it personally and think it was a problem with me instead of thinking it was them. And, you know, granted, some things don't work out because you're just like straight up not compatible with people. But when people are, you know, literally just being horrible people to you, that's not really something you need to like blame yourself for and take personally and then try to compensate for in future relationships. And I just would do this in some of the, in the more serious relationships I've had. And it's so crazy to look back on because I would do it for a while and then I would have an almost overnight switch where it's like a light switch would flip and I would wake up and I'd be like, what on earth have I been doing? Because I would realize it wasn't sustainable to be doing that like in the long term. Um, and I would, I wasn't even considering the other person's love language and how they like to receive love. Like I would, was basically love bombing them with my own acts, with my own love language, which was acts of service. And they weren't even asking for it. I'm sure it was, you know, great, but it's like when I switch, when I flip the switch overnight and I'm like, you know what, never mind. Like I'm not doing this anymore. Like in terms of like, I'm not going above and beyond with all of this extra stuff because I finally feel secure. I'm sure that's a little weird as the partner to like observe and see happen. And, you know, I was taking so much time away from myself to do things for my significant other by showing love and act through acts of service. But in reality, like if I just prioritize taking care of myself and taking that time to do that, 
that makes me way better of, of a partner than overcompensating ever did or ever will. And like I said, it, it's so weird because I can think of like the two instances where in like two separate relationships where this has happened overnight and I've just like had a wake up call to be like, wait, do I seriously think doing all of this extra stuff is going to make someone love me more or be the only reason they stay? And in time, I just realized that I came or I got to this point where once I felt secure in my relationships and no longer felt the need to overdo things, that's sort of when that's flip when I keep wanting to say when that flip switched, when that switch flipped. And like I said, like it's just I would start out with this insecure attachment style. I would overcompensate because of my insecurity. And then all of a sudden I'd finally feel secure and confident and comfortable in my relationship and then I would be like wait I don't need to do all this other stuff like why was I doing all of that and it's like now I'm older and I can look back and be like that's why I was doing that because I was so insecure from you know the hurt that I was keeping bundled up inside of me from the past and it me being hurt and taking it personally I was telling myself that like if I didn't you know go above and beyond to be like the perfect or the ideal girlfriend that I would lose the person because in the past like me just being me and showing up as me wasn't enough because people were still hurting me and leaving me in the past so it's like oh I have to I must go above and beyond and do all this extra stuff when in reality that's like not the case and you know now I'm at a point where it's like Okay, and it's funny because I've had this conversation with my boyfriend now, and it's it's so funny for us to, like, look back on because his love language is, like, physical touch, and he really likes quality time. And I love receiving acts of service. And it's just so funny because we just, like, look at, like, the younger version of us as a couple, and we're just, like, we, like, did not, like, we tried so hard to get each other, but we just didn't. And it's just because, you know, like, I had, like, a completely different attachment style. I feel like I was a completely different person in the beginning of our relationship. And I feel like he was, too. And I feel like we've both grown so much individually and as a couple. And it's been the most incredible thing to see and, like, just witness, like, as someone inside of the relationship. Because the growth I've seen, like, from like especially from like year two I feel like until now it's just been like exponential and it's a great thing but I feel like that growth wouldn't have been possible if like both of us didn't like do a lot of inner work ourselves and we're still both doing a lot of inner work and allowing ourselves to grow individually so that we can be you know like way better as a couple instead of like only focusing on us as a couple and like neglecting ourselves individually which is how I feel like we kind of you know or at least I know I was that way starting out like I was so focused on you know what can I do to keep this person around because I'm so scared of you know being hurt and being left and I was neglecting myself so much and I feel like now that I like really prioritize myself I am a much better partner and I'm like so much more in tune with, you know, making sure I give my boyfriend the quality time that he like craves and loves and needs. And, you know, even though PDA is like not my favorite thing ever, like holding hands in public, like that's just like a little thing that means so much to him and like little things like that. And it's just so crazy to get older and realize like the way your attachment style can like change and develop with time and also just how it changes like within your relationships um as you have like different relationships and stuff and even if you're in 
just like a long-term relationship you can see how much changes so with all of that being said I just I guess the whole main point about not convincing someone to be with you or overcompensating going above and beyond you know one like heal the things that you've been hurt from in the past like don't just jump into a new relationship without healing from those things. Because that's a mistake that I honestly and truly made. Like, going into a relationship I have now, I was absolutely not healed from the things that I had been through in the past. And I am still not healed from some stuff. And, like, I that's literally why I'm in therapy. Like, part of the reason I'm in therapy. There's a lot of reasons why I'm in therapy. But, like, that's one of them is, like, trying to heal from things that I just buried for so many years and it impacted my attachment style it impacted the way that you know I was in the beginning of my relationship and then it's just funny because I finally got to a point where I realized like oh my gosh this person actually loves me for who I am and they're not just you know like they they're showing me that and you know I believe their words and I believe their actions are showing me that and I finally felt secure and I would realize that I was like coping with the insecure insecurities I had like just so deeply inside of me from past relationships that I I, it just didn't even make sense anymore because I was like why am I doing all of this when I like actually finally feel secure and feel good in a relationship and um yeah with all of that being said it's so important to you know make sure you've you know gotten closure with feelings even if it doesn't involve the other person like come to terms with things that you've been hurt from in the past before you go into a new relationship and also just know that like you you know someone will love you for you and like they will you know meet you where you're at and like absolutely love you for you and you don't have to do like all this extra stuff in order to keep somebody around and I wanted to emphasize that because it really isn't about for me at least it wasn't about the other person it was about the things that I just never had healed from and that's just how I coped with it in a new relationship and that's what it manifested as in a new relationship so I wanted to share that because I feel like that's something that probably a lot of women have gone through at some point or do go through especially if they're like that perfectionist type of person and they just like really feel like they need to be like the perfect partner but or if you're just the type of person who never really lets yourself to allow your feelings you've probably experienced some level of this before so I really wanted to share it but that's that um and that is all the tips I have for you today there's definitely more I have but I would have to like do like a part two so maybe I could do like a part two like a long time from now or something but I really think that these are like the core really big ones that I have learned the most and like reflecting on my past years and all the past you know dating and relationships and everything that I've had so I just wanted to share those with you all but thank you so much for listening and I hope you got something out of this episode and maybe you learned a little bit more about me (laughs) um it's definitely like we are being vulnerable about this stuff because it's something you have to be so comfortable with accepting imperfection in relationships and in life and especially but people love to hear about other people's relationships but it's like I'm truly like having to be so vulnerable by accepting like I know that I'm not perfect in a relationship and I know that my relationship's not perfect and it never will be, but I do know that, you know, I've learned so much over the years and I just like love, I don't know, I I love looking back on everything that I have learned and how I've grown as an individual in my relationship and from like my first relationship to now, of course, and just like all kinds of stuff like that, seeing the growth over the years and everything I've learned, it's 
with so much time. It's just incredible. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode and be sure to follow In Bloom Podcast on Instagram. It's just at In Bloom Podcast and join the In Bloom Podcast Facebook group and I will talk to you all next Monday.